Production. Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to AGP, where you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. So let's go party. As always, AGP is brought to you by the amazing sponsors of Jam City Comic Con, Hasm Productions, Mark Kidwell, the comic creator of Images 68, and, of course, Scott Comics. And as most of you who have been listening to the show the last couple of weeks know, that this is our third installment of one of my favorite franchises, the Star Wars special. And joining me in my Star Wars discussion today is a really close friend and one of my sponsors from Hasm Productions, Mr. Rodney Fike. Welcome to the show, Rodney. How you doing? Yay. I'm doing good. How you doing, sweetie? I'm doing great. It is such an honor to have you back. It feels like it's been like since like 2014 since you've been on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. I have to have to make sure there's not such a big gap next time. Uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't, you you had a book come out and it just came out and left, and I didn't even get to cover it. I'm like, well, what happened? Yeah, that's right. The bad <laughs> little boy alphabet book. Yeah, because I remember the last episode you're on, we actually talked about the fact that that was coming out and that we we're supposed to be on the lookout for it. And then it came and gone, and I went, "What happened?" <laughs> Got lost. <laughs> we we were busy out on the road promoting it. How's that sound? I do believe I was not at some of those roads with you, but it sounds good to me. Because, yeah. man, it was a busy year this year. I mean, let's face it. The year is pretty much over. I think you have one more convention, the Jim and Dan show, which is this weekend. And that's it. Correct. You're done. Yep. We're done for the year. And then mine was last week at um, Stevens Con, which I just kind of showed up there and went, hi, here's Christmas presents. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what you did. Yeah, that, that sounds accurate. Dude, I am not driving across the entire United States chasing down all you creators. That ain't happening. Hey, I, <laughs> so, I don't blame you. There's, there's too many of us. There's way too many of you, and some of you live way too far away. Be like, and it's already December, so I ain't mailing crap. There's too many of us, and too many of us are surly. <laughs> Pretty much. Be like, you know, we ought to just do this thing. Oh, it's a convention. Uh, you need a dinner, right? Because we need to eat at these things here. Merry early Christmas or merry late Christmas, whatever. Whichever one works. Exactly. <laughs> Which we are all getting one of the coolest Christmas presents about two weeks early. We have nine days. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I lost you there. What, what did you say? Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Sorry, oh, I do. That's what, that's what so I thought excited. you said. <laughs> yeah, it just came out in this little squeak. I'm just so excited for this movie. I cannot tell you how great it feels. I mean, there was excitement originally with Episode One for me, but there was still something missing. And I know there was always something missing, but here, just watching the fact that they're keeping everything so secret. You know, there's not a lot of spoilers out there. The spoilers that are out there are just people speculating. Nothing has been confirmed, nothing has been denied, but nothing has been confirmed. And there's just this, it's, it's almost like the original all over again, where it's like, what is this movie? What's going on? And I'm hoping it becomes like the phenomenon it was back in 77. Well, I don't, I don't think there's a, a danger of it not being that. And I think the thing that's so cool for me, one of the, one of the, original generation of Star Wars fans who saw Star Wars in the movie theater in 77. This movie I've been waiting since 1983, May of 1983 for. So, 1983. Because the original yeah. three was 77, 80, and 83. Yeah, so when when Jedi was over, I was really bombed because I knew there, were no, there was no more Star Wars coming and nobody knew how long it was going to be until he got over his burnout stage and he was going to start making them again. And then somebody said he made three of them a few years back, but, um, I, I okay. And, but I, this one is the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember back in 1997, they tried to tease us with the special edition, which did not go over well with a lot of re- hardcore Star Wars fans. And then in 1999, there was this rumor of these three prequels, which I hear were great parody movies, but they really weren't what the Star Wars fans were looking for. 
that this looks like exactly what I've been wishing for my entire life. This is the moment where I'm like, man, I almost wish I had kids so I could be like, dude, this is what mommy got to see when she was a kid, just without the really, really, really cool special effects. But in our day and age, those were the really, really cool special effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, it's so funny because I was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I apologize in advance for my cough. Um, I've kind of been divorcing myself from all of the talk <laughs> and all the hype and stuff that's been going on for the past month or so because I, I've kind of reached burnout stage. So I've kind of kept my distance. And I was telling Sean Forney this at the Stebbins the other day that uh, every once, like once every three or four days I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch, you know, a couple of the trailers for Episode 7. And that gives me my fix. <laughs> Yeah. But the That's thing all is, I'm allowing myself. Of course, we all know that people are going out there and they're trying to pick up these little things from the trailers in the whole nine yards. But, I mean, the trailers are just so enjoyable. But I'm one of those people, like, I will try to find out everything I possibly can. I, wrote, I want to know. I already do. No, not, and me. I'm, not me. I want to be surprised in the movie theater. And I just... I just can't wait. I'm so jazzed. And we're we're going up, to, Tina and I are going up to Columbus to see it with Sean and Stephanie and some other friends up there on Thursday night. So I'm really, 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 really jazzed for that. I'm going with my friend Cassie and her boyfriend. Tyler couldn't go because he couldn't request the day off, so he's going to have to go as soon as he has time off, so I'm going to have to keep my mouth shut around him. Um, well, see, one of he's, my... he's, he's, he's doing it wrong because <laughs> everybody, all employers should shouldn't even question somebody calling in sick on Thursday and Friday of next week. No so kidding. He, he shouldn't ask for a day. He should just take the day. Well, see, here's he what's should. funny. I'm the administrative assistant, which basically means I'm the secretary. So I run attendance for my company. And and I'm not talking the AGP company. I'm talking about my little nine-to-five job that I have. And right. I'm going through the attendance sheets of people requesting off, and I come across this one, and in these and it, says, and it has the person's name, and it says off December 17th, and in big, bold letters, it just says Star Wars and, like, seven exclamation points. Exactly. That's how you do it. And I'm like, there's my new favorite employee. <laughs> and it was funny because she comes up to me, she goes, you're the other Star Wars fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I showed her my imperial symbol on my shoulder. And she was like, so you're the one who got uh, Vince to agree that the 17th could be Star Wars Day at work. And I went, yeah. So you can wear your Star Wars costumes, your Star Wars PJs, your Star Wars T-shirts, hats, the whole nine yards. And I took it to the max. I'm like, dude, if it's Star Wars, they can have it. Matter of <laughs> fact, somebody can, and find me somebody else with a lightsaber. I will lightsaber duel them in the parking lot that day. I am so cool with that. <laughs> Works for me. That, that's the memory that I have from the prequels is camping out. Now, I'm one of those hardcore fans. I, I am I, not. I, I have no memory ahead. of my prequels. I have some. I have no I memories of my prequels. <laughs> I camped out for two weeks and three days. I met a lot of really cool Star Wars people. That's what I remember about the prequels. It's camping out for those movies and meeting some really cool people and getting the old actual projector, like the, the reel of film, the whole nine yards, and displaying it and watching the original movies and their originality and doing lightsaber duels and playing Star Wars Trivial Pursuit and driving two hours just to get everybody Yoda slushies from, like, a little quickie mark and things like that. <laughs> Those are my greatest memories from the 1999 and 2000 prequel thingies. And it's not that I'm saying that they're horrible movies. They, they can be enjoyable, but let's face it, they're not real Star Wars movies. Yes, there's lightsabers in there, but other than that, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I kid all the time about you know how I didn't like them, but if you if you divorce them from the first trilogy, they they are what they are, and there are little slivers of Star Wars in them from my perspective. I, I like you know Darth Maul, I dug Darth Maul, but Darth the Maul way that so I yeah awesome. the way that I've learned to deal with it is I the I, I just I take from it 
for me, what I perceive to be Star Wars. And the rest of it, it's just, it's, 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 it's one of those wings of Star Wars lore that somebody did that's going to be out there in the outer rim on a, the ass end of, you know, Dantooine or something that, <laughs> that, 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 that very rarely gets watched. <laughs> That that you know, was just Star Wars that was on the planet of Dantooine that Leia told Grandma Tarkin that they destroyed, and then exactly. they all went, "Hey, there was nobody there. She lied." Yeah. <laughs> I told you she couldn't be trusted. <laughs> She'll never betray the rebellion. <laughs> I just like how he orders. I love how in the fir- in the fourth uh, in Episode Four, which is actually the first one for us, you know, here's Grandma Tarkin. He's so upset. I want her terminated immediately. Immediately means until she becomes purposeful again, and then, oh, let's keep her around because she still may may yet be useful to us. Dude, you said immediately. How long is immediately according to the Empire? Seriously. How did you guys ever even get up and running if immediately was like another three-fourths into the movie? Well, they, you know, they displayed time and time again how inept they are at at, uh, following through on things, so it's not so hard to believe. The soldiers... Their soldiers couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat with a late laser blaster. So, the blaster which again hit, so. is funny because I was, you know, for the longest time there has always been the joke that if you don't want anything shot, hand a blaster to a stormtrooper. They can't shoot crap. And then we watch the original trilogy and get to the scene where they come up against the Jawa and the sand crawlers. And Luke's talking to Obi Wan about how it looks like seeing people, but they've ne- but he's never heard of them ever hitting anything so big. And then here's Obi Wan telling him, "No, this, these weren't the sand people. We're just made to believe that they're sand people. Um, look how sand people always travel in behind in a row, so you can never know their numbers. And you see these blasts; they're too accurate for sand people. Only stormtroopers, or Imperial stormtroopers, are so accurate." I about fell out of my chair laughing once I heard that line. Fully. I'm like, really? Really? Are we talking about the same stormtroopers with the same empire? Because my stormtroopers can't shoot for crap. Only interior stormtroopers fire with such accuracy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, um, it's just so funny because once you actually watch the original, there are some lines like when Luke's sitting there and they're in Los Eisley Spaceport and he's like, I'm never coming back to this rock. Oh, I'll give it about two more movies. I bet you will. <laughs> Well, you know, if you think about it, if you think about it from from Kenobi's perspective, since he's been holed up in the desert, hiding away from the Empire for years and years and years, he probably hasn't encountered any Imperial stormtroopers since the Clone Wars. Since so, they were still clone, troop, clone troopers, and they were like Order sixty six. All right, murder them all. <laughs> yeah, back then <laughs> maybe you know, back then they were better shots. Exactly. So maybe that's his point of reference. And then he got to but the Death Star and he's like, what the hell is this? Because according to canon, all the stormtroopers on the Death Star are supposed to be the last remnants of the Order 66, 501st Vader's Fist, people who are supposed to be really good shots. But I yeah. do love the fan theory of they had already put um, the tracker on the Millennium Falcon, so they were kind of like, you know, you can shoot at them, but try not to really kill them because we're going to chase them back to the base. Hence the whole, uh, you know, Darth Vader saying she may yet be of some use to us. And I do like that theory because it's like the only thing that makes sense out of that because other than that, they have no excuse for being that bad. They really don't. Right. right. You know, you can maim them a little. That's all right. Just don't flat out kill them. But somebody's got to get out, take that ship back to the rebel base so we could go and then watch how the Death Star takes like another 30 years versus like the three seconds it took to blow up Alderaan. This one's going to take a lot longer to get into range and blow something up. Exactly. But I wanted to know. I, I really want to know. I need to find these schematics to the Death Star. I really do. Because I want to know how long it takes to repower the Death Star so we could blow something up. Because... It blew up Alderaan like that, and it's like circling around this moon to get to Yavin 4, and I'm like, couldn't you just blow that one up and then blow the next one up? I mean, does it really take that long? I mean, wouldn't it have been a shorter way just to repower it and then go, I blew that one up, and I'm going to blow you up now? Could have been a much shorter fight. Details, details. 
Details, details. <laughs> no, details is when you get into things like when Kevin Smith comes up with the idea of, oh, those poor workers here are probably under contract on the second Death Star. <laughs> exactly. What the hell? I don't care. You know, daggone well, you're working for the Empire. You know, daggone well, there's a Rebel Alliance out there. If you're going to be working on the freaking second Death Star, which, again, ooh, really thinking outside the box there, Empire. Woo! Hey, what are we going to build? We're going to build another Death Star. This one isn't even fully done yet. Yes, but it's fully yeah. operational. Yeah, so was the first one, and it still had this little itty-bitty port. Half of this one's missing. They just flew right in. Yeah. Well, that's that's probably unbeknownst to us at the time. That was probably the beginning of Lucas, uh, you know, uh, standing on the edge of the cliff and about to jump into the abyss. <laughs> we just we just didn't realize it yet. <clears throat> I do love Return of the Jedi. It is, even though let's face it, as an adult, Empire is like probably the best out of all of them. But there's still a place in my heart for Return of the Jedi. I love the movie. I love the original much better. I think the Ewok song fit it more. The Ewok song fit the ending more appropriately, in my opinion. Not saying that the new music is a horrible music to have. I don't know. There's just something about the Ewok music, the Yub Dub song, that just really fit and just harmonized the whole yippee. And I also didn't get, when they did the special edition, how everybody in the entire galaxy far, far away was celebrating the same thing, yet when you go back to the Forcemen of Endor, there's still pieces of the Death Star falling down. I mean, for all we know, that, that one right there could have been part of the Emperor's cloak or something falling into the atmosphere of the Forcemen of Endor. How the hell does everybody else already know this? Because I'm pretty sure not everybody has the force, so not the entire galaxy has to know at this point. That's where you're falling into thinking too much about it. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars fanatic. I'm always thinking about it. There's why. That's why that there's two Christmas trees. There's the Christmas tree, and there's the Star Wars Christmas tree. There's the stockings and the Star Wars stocking. There's... The village and the Star Wars. Star Wars gets its own Christmas theme. Plus, then I have the regular Christmas stuff. Even though all the regular Christmas stuff still has geek stuff on it too. Matter of fact, I don't think I own one regular stocking in my house. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Bangles. Star Wars, Star Wars. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh no, I do have three that my mom made that have two cats and a dog on it. So where are you? Where are you seeing Star Wars? I will be seeing Star Wars um, in the little town of Hamilton, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes away from me at their little um, AMC theater, and I'm going to go see the IMAX 3D one. Ah, okay. I wasn't sure where 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 there's a movie theater up there in Oxford. We have an idiot. Dude, um, we have one of those old classic movie theaters here in Oxford, like the kind right. that you see, like Stephen King's It, when they drive by, like you still have to put the letters up on the signs and the, the billboard is still up above the movie theater. We still have one of those, even though it's a club nine times out of ten and looks like there's a really cool movie. Other than that, the closest theater to us actually is the drive-in, and then after that it's the AMC in Hamilton. Oh, okay. Even though... I love the drive-in. Dude, if the drive-in would have been open for Star Wars, unfortunately it's not because it's going to be too cold. I would have gone to the drive-in. I realize special effects, 3D, that's all the rage. But if I could have gone, and when they do, and they have mentioned that once they come back in February, they will have um, the movie again, and I will go see the movie in the drive-in just to have that nostalgic feeling. Because I saw, I did not get to see Episode 4, which originally did, wasn't Episode 4. It was just Star Wars. Um, in the theaters because I wasn't born yet. I wasn't born until 79. But I did go as an infant to um, Empire, and there are pictures of me at the drive-in as an infant for Empire and as a toddler at the age of four for Return of the Jedi. And I remember Return of the Jedi, and I remember I had my R2-D2 underoos on, and I had my Star Wars blankie, and I had my little R2 um, little stuffy thingy, I wasn't sure if it was actually like a star. No, I had an Ewok teddy bear. That or no, I had an R2D2. I didn't get the Ewok till after return. So I had an R2D2 little stuffy, and I just sat on this roof of the the um, station wagon, and I was just like, "Yay, Star Wars!" 
and I would do it again in a heartbeat at 36 years old. I would drive to the theater. I would wear my Star Wars PJs. I would pull out my Star Wars blankie because I still have it. I would pull out my now Darth Vader stuffy, and I would go, and I would sit on in the back of my PT Cruiser, and I would go, yay, Star Wars. I would be so okay with that. No doubt. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be great. And... I actually know for a nice fee, I can actually rent that drive-in, and it's actually something that I was thinking of doing. Depending on how much it is, I think I want to rent out the drive-in for one night. It would have to be a weekday night and see if I could get all my friends to come up because that would be just so nostalgic. It would be really cool. And it would be really cool to podcast from it, too. Be like, hey, Star Wars, yay! And now it's not spoiler because y'all should have seen it by now. You know what would be cool is if you did it like in June, because you know Rogue Squadron's coming out in May, and you did a double billing of Rogue Squadron in Episode Seven. Ooh, that would be cool. Hey, this go. first stop is spoiler free because y'all should have seen this movie by now. If you haven't, you're not a Star Wars fan and you don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because what 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 was the what was what is the latest tally on tickets at this point on how much they've already sold in pre-ticket sales? Oh, I have no idea. Remember, oh, I haven't been paying attention. Let's see. See if I can find it out real quickly. I heard it was huge. Pre-ticket sales, Star Wars. Um, Entertainment Weekly. The Force Awakens is generating an unprecedented... Hey, stop. Stupid ad. Um, Fandango issued the first clips of ticket sales data for the hugely anticipated film. Stop giving me ads. I don't care. Um, eight times as many tickets as we did on the first day of sales from previous record holders. So Which tallies up to what? Huge. That is really huge. AMC Theaters, the second largest chain in the country with over 5,000 locations, said the film has broken a single-day advanced ticket sales records more than 10 times over. It didn't release specific figures, but they said it sold out more than 1,000 shows nationwide within 12 hours. That's nuts. <laughs> so IMAX reported specific numbers with the large screen exhibitor saying it has sold a staggering 6.5 million in tickets. And that was the wow. day after the tickets went on sale across only 390 screens in North America. And from what I hear, pretty much every showing that weekend is gone wow. from my understanding. Like, if you don't already have your tickets, you're not going to see it that weekend. You don't stand a chance. That's <laughs> huge. It also shows how far we've come as nerds because it was nothing like that for episodes one, two, or three. So you know this this movie has a lot, has so much to offer. Plus, I mean, come on. The original cast of Leia, Luke, and Han have returned, and all three of them have already mentioned to the world that they have already seen the movie and they enjoyed it. Carrie Fisher's interview about it being the funniest one I've seen yet, yet to date. Yeah, that was pretty have funny. You yeah, you, okay, you have seen it? <laughs> uh, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't see the whole thing. She's great. I love her. I love Carrie Fisher. I love the fact that there is an actress out there. And well, <laughs> what is the saying that she says? Well, I think with my I think with my mouth, so it has to be true. I love it. I love somebody who thinks like that and talks like that because I go, See, Mom, I'm not the only one. Carrie Fisher, she's famous, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, it's an excuse. I'm going to use it because my mom hey. is always telling me, you need to think before you open up your mouth. Why? I'm still going to say the same stupid thing. <laughs> I'm going to be me. There is no filter from mind to mouth. There's none. It's gone. I erased it years ago. <laughs> Thing. There's, it's just, it's not fair. The only time I ever have a filter is, ooh, kids, yeah, no bad words. Don't say any bad words. No bad words. Oops, I said a bad word anyway. My bad. I Oops, can't sorry. help it. You're sorry. No, that's when you say, oops, sorry. Oops, my, I don't even say sorry. I'm like, oops, my bad. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you got to see them, and, and you're, you're old enough to actually see Star Wars originally in the theater. What was that like? Well, a funny story. The first time we saw it, we were late because we had oh. to walk to the movie. Yes, we, we had to walk to the movie theater, and we, we came in and we sat down as R2 and 3PO were walking through the desert. So we continued to watch it and, you know, thought it was completely blown away by it. And the next week, you know, it was the weekend, so we went to school. And back in the 70s, um, during lunch, we were allowed to walk down to, it was a place called Osco Drugs. It was a little, um, you know, like a pharmacy-type store where they sold candy and stuff like that, and they sold Star Wars cards. And they were 10 cents a pack. So I would go and... and take a dollar and buy 10 packs of Star Wars cards. And when I was flipping through the cards, I started seeing these scenes of this battle that I didn't remember from the movie. And I was like, what? what's this? What's this? So I'm asking my friends. They're like, dude, that was at the beginning. And blah, blah, blah. The big ship come over and, and Darth Vader come walking through the smoke. And I was like, what? What? So the next weekend, we went back and we saw it again. And that's when we got to see the Rebel Black Cade Runner being taken over by... <laughs> By the so wow. it was like two two different experiences. <laughs> oh, now it all makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that scene and, is so epic. That star destroyer coming over the uh, the Yavin shuttle that was absolutely drop dead gorgeous. And of course, I was so young and so little watching Star Wars, and then Spaceballs came out. For the longest time, I used to get the beginning of both of those movies convinced. I was like, which one's the long one? Oh, the really, 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 really long one, Spaceballs. Yeah, got it. Now I know which movie I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was just I, I, it's hard to hard to put into words, you know, watching it because at that point in '77, um, you know, we were going to the movies and we were seeing stuff like King Kong with Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange and and Herbie the Love Bug and the Apple Thumpling Gang and. You know stuff like that. We saw Jaws in the drive in the theater with my parents. Um, you know, in '75. Um, but you know, and I, I was into all that stuff and, and dug it. And I remember going and seeing um, Wizards as, as a kid uh-huh. when that came out, the Ralph Batsky movie. And the beginning of that movie was when the when the planet Earth blows up. That really kind of rocked me. You know, it really kind of scared me. So. I went 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 home and went to bed that night and thought the world was going to blow up. But when 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 I sat there and I watched Star Wars, it was just like somebody was just tearing open an envelope and just exposing this world, this universe of rogue rogues and and old dirty spaceships and old torn and tattered costumes and this villain that scared the hell out of you and. It, it, it was just it was just amazing. It, it, I'd never seen anything like it before, and it just it completely changed changed my thought processes as to what it it, it it raised the bar so high that nothing else really compared to it for me until Aliens in 1986. Oh yeah, another one of my um, favorite franchises. But yeah, I mean, Indi- uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Aliens really were the only two movies that I could think of growing up off the top of my head that really, I mean, they it never surpassed Star Wars, but it, it was right up there. I had the feeling of just giddiness and excitement. Well, I'll take that back. I Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters, and Terminator, the original Terminator. Th- those, those four movies in high school were just awesome. And I love the fact you're saying high school, high school, I'm like a kid. Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 in, in, in the 80s. You know, I mean, I was nine years old in 77. <laughs> so at nine, and I, and I find it funny, you're like, and Darth Vader, who's just so, he's evil and he's creepy and like everybody else is like, he's the back And I'm like, and that was the first crush I ever had. I was like, I'm going to marry Darth Vader. Like everybody else looked at me like I was weird. I'm like five years old. I'm going to marry Darth Vader. Sorry, that's and what's going to happen. so the, right, the writing was on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it was done. Just more bound I was <laughs> in the story. And uh, what's funny, though, is I chose the dark side because they had red lightsabers. That's why I chose the dark side as a kid. 
Really? I wanted a red lightsaber. That's all I really wanted. Because red, when I was younger, red was the only color I would wear. Sort of kind of like when I hit my teenage years, it was just black. I just wanted so a Millennium Falcon. Red, white, and black. Hence the AGP being red and black as its signature colors. Those have always been my colors, which just happen to always be the same colors as the villains. And I know where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> it's my destiny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was. Oh, I, I I just wanted the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon was cool. Of course, I would have wrecked the Millennium Falcon because the driver's seat's way far over to the right, and I would never know how to park that thing because I couldn't see the left-hand side of it. There would be no way. I'd, like, crash half of the ship. That's when you angle the deflector shields. You'd be all right. Oh, okay, good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want a ship that could go uh, – I want a ship that can run the castle run in 12 parsecs. End of story. Yeah, me too. I want something I that could do – I want to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they did say that they are doing a Han Solo prequel movie too. Good. So I heard that. So I'm 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 excited about that. According to we're going to get Star a Star Wars movie like every six months for like pretty much the rest of our lives. Plus, we know that we have Star Wars Rebels, which is absolutely wonderful, and you know. It took a little while to get into it, especially yeah, when you just coming off the Clone Wars, because the Clone yeah. Wars was so amazing. Whether you're talking about the animated series or what Cartoon Network had, um, both of those were really, really great. And then here, and then it was gone. And then Disney had Star Wars. They came out with Rebels. It took a little bit getting into, but once once you let it, once you let the Force sink in and really penetrate you and bind you with this cartoon. It's a really good show, and I love seeing where they're going with it. Spoiler alert, Ahsoka Tana's back, and she runs into her old master, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I'm all excited. Sorry. (laughs) Seriously, I'm, like, all tweaked about it. I'm like, all right, can I have a new episode? I need a new episode. Where's my new episode? I want to know what happens. Can we get to where it's going to happen? Because I really want to see what happens. I'm like a kid on Texas. You know what's so funny about that is... is, uh... I'd kind of given up on Rebels, and and uh, I just didn't like it. It just didn't it didn't grab me. I didn't like any of the characters, and I was talking to Sean and Stephanie, and Stephanie was telling me how it's it's really they really turned it up, and and Darth Vader shows up, and and I was like, what? She's like, oh yeah, Vader's back, and so I went and, and uh, I watched the episodes, and I saw Vader, and then. He spoke, and I just got instant chills run down my spine. I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, yeah. We've got this entire, such a huge chunk of time where he's just a total badass in the galaxy, but we never get to see any of it, you know? So that's kind of what I'm jazzed about. I'm jazzed about just just all of it. There's so much that I want to, you know, because think about it, and, and Star Wars was over in 83, and I was, you know, I was in ninth grade. I was ready for more. But, oh, you know, yeah. and I, I never, I didn't really get into the books because to me, it, to me, I didn't consider that canon, and, and I don't know why, I just didn't. And, and the only books that I read, I read uh, um, Console of Star's End. I read that trilogy, but it's it was, you know, in the ninth grade, so I don't even remember any of it. And then I read Shadows of the Empire because Lucas endorsed it. Right. And I don't. I don't even know. I'm sure he's endorsed other books, but I, to me, it just wasn't. It wasn't Star Wars. It was somebody else pulling stuff out of their asses that, to me, it didn't look like Star Wars. It didn't feel like Star Wars. And I, it, I just, I didn't interest. So for me, you know, millions right. and millions of people will disagree and say I'm an idiot, but that's that's okay. But that's just um, how I felt. I did read Shadows of the Empire. I, my favorite Star Wars book to date will always be Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I love that book. If you've never read that book, read that book. I don't care if Disney says it ain't canon. That crap's canon. The fact that Leia grabs Luke's lightsaber and holds her ground against Vader is an amazing read. Just now, for see, that now, now that you now that you mention it, I think I I think I did read that book too. I just my memory is terrible. I could I, 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 I yeah. I, I, mean, I do have because I still have the paperback, the old the old paperback, 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I had Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I had that Han Solo trilogy, um, and then I got Splinter or uh, um, Shadows of the Empire back in the nineties. And then I have the Timothy Zahn uh, Rise of the you know I have the Timothy Zahn book where you know we meet Grand Admiral Thrawn and they bring in Mara Jade and you know a lot of stuff that a lot of Star Wars fanatics do find canon because. Dude, who else is Luke going to be with? Seriously, come on now. And so I got, I read those, and eventually they became comic books, so I got the comic books to go with my books, and I read the Jedi Academy. And that's about, and which is funny, because here's, like, these series of books, and I'm not a book reader. Getting me to read a book is as hard as anything can be, because I'm not good with books, because you have to sit there and you have to read, and I'm a pacer. Uh, even when I do a podcast, I'm pacing back and forth through my house. You you know me. You see me at shows. I have a table. There. You sit at my table. I'm going to go over here and over there and over there because if Amanda stands still for more than, like, five seconds, she might be broken. Right. You know it's me. I, you. I'm a... <laughs> it's not for you. Stand still is not for you. <laughs> but I have to say... And, of course, I always love the droids in the Star Wars universe. They do such amazing things with their droids. And I have to say, I love, absolutely love Chopper in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I'm <laughs> digging Chopper. Him. He's cool. Yeah. He's I'm, I'm awesome. totally digging Chopper. It's like, oh, there's my R2-D2 replacement, you know, in case R2, if something ever happens to the poor guy. Because, let's face it, the reason why we love R2-D2 is because you know that little droid was cussing somebody out during those those movies. Oh, yeah. You know he was. Oh, yeah. And Chopper does the same thing every episode. The only only thing I felt bad about before R2 is that Lucas didn't give him rockets to the prequel because that could have saved him on Dagobah when he fell off the X-Wing and then got eaten and got spit out. And poor little guy, if Lucas would have given him, you know, his little jetpacks that he has in the prequels before then, that wouldn't have happened. Well, sure, but, you know, he he didn't know what he didn't know. True. But, and that, see, and again, that's a scene from Return of the Jedi. And there's, I think it's because Return of the Jedi was my favorite as a kid. Whether as an adult you like them or you don't like them, the Ewoks are awesome in my opinion. I mean, everybody's like, but the Empire got taken down by a bunch of teddy bears. Yeah, um, they came out with an Imperial ATST, this big old headed thing on two legs, which makes absolutely no sense. And they threw logs in front of it. Yeah, it's going to fall and bust. That's just common sense. You don't make something like that. Even though for some reason in Star Wars Battlefront, the ATSTs just find me and shoot me, and I fly like 30 feet in the air, and then my dead body's just there, and it sucks. <laughs> don't like them. Don't like them you in the to, game. You need to climb in a tree like the Ewoks did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I just love them, and... If you say what you want to say, Ewoks became really popular. They're still one of the most sought after of the Star Wars toys, and they're very, you know, they're very expensive. And on top of that, may not be the greatest movies in the Star Wars franchise, but they had two Ewok spinoff movies. They had the cartoon series, which was absolutely cool and amazing, and I love the Star Wars Ewoks. I enjoyed Star Wars Ewoks cartoon way more than I enjoyed Star Wars droids, even though Star Wars droids did give us a really cool... Um, IG-88 episode, which I was cool with, because unless you're, like, major Star Wars canon, you're like, why is there a robotic bounty hunter, and who are all those bounty hunters? Because you only really get to meet Boba Fett, unless you're a Star Wars fanatic, and you're like, oh, well, that's uh, Suckus, and that's Bosk, and that's IG-88. Oh, there, yep, there goes my nerd card. It just went off like, yep, you know, you know way too much. Right, there's four mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and thanks to the Ewok cartoon, now I can name my Ewoks. Hey, it's Nisa and Chief Chirpa and Logray and Wicked and Tebow. I'm just going to name all my animals that because those are really cool names. <laughs> what? Let's face it. I do have a cat named Vader. Why? He's black. It works. Hey, you know, run with it. I ain't <laughs> if, mad at you. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. <laughs> Unless it's Luke Skywalker. Somebody fix him. Ooh, lightsaber pointed at my eye. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I do find it hilarious. Everybody dogs on Anakin Skywalker. He's so whiny. 
He's so was Luke Skywalker, if you remember. Oh, yeah, that was the big talk back in the day. Why is he such a baby? I want to go to the Sanji Station and get the power converters. I can't go with you to Alderaan. I got crops to get. Oh, my aunt and uncle are dead. Hey, I'll go to you with Alderaan. I'm cool yeah. with that now. Like, he doesn't even shut He's like, oh, I'm going to stare off into the desert sun, and then I'm going to go back. Oh, they're bringing Jawas. Hey, I can go to Alderaan with you. Let's go. Yeah. Wow, you got your bereavement was quick. Just saying. Supposed to go to Sanji Station to pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends later. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny because, like, all the girls that I grew up with were all like, oh, Skywalker, he's so cute as he stares off into the two suns. I'm like, he's going to see spots. That's what he's going to see. He's going to see lots of spots once those two suns finally disappear, staring off into two suns. How stupid can you be? I don't care if they're studying. That's spots. You're going to see spots for the next month, dude. Me, I'm like, um, I'm going to take the dude with the fuzzball for a co-pilot, the really cool ship, since I can't get Vader because he's probably going to force choke me the moment I go, hi, no, you're too perky, you're dead. I'm gonna be like, I want to be with the smuggler guy, even though I do have one question to ask Han. So the reason why he had to drop his cargo was because he got boarded. Yet when they land on the Death Star, he smuggles them all in those compartments anyway. Why didn't he just put that stuff in there? Uh, good question. I, I mean, if it works against the Empire, which I love, I love, they're like, well, we tried scanning it, and there's nothing on there, but we're going to send another scanning team. It's just going to take about another 10 minutes before they actually get here. Well, and then we're you know, the, shoot- that, this begs the question, though. Did Han really jettison the cargo, or is there another reason why... Jabba is after him. There's so much about Han that's, we don't know. That's what I'm having to say. I mean, I'm sorry. He said he had to jettison the cargo because he got boarded. Uh, dude, you just smuggled yourself, two droids, a Wookiee, a farm boy, and an old wizard into the freaking Death Star. Nah, you're good. Uh, it's, it's old fossil, not old wizard. <laughs> I have details, details. Yes, but he is an old, he is an old fossil. Even though I do love the fact, first off, when they come, when they they just walk off of the ship and then they move the lid so they could come out, you don't see R2, you don't see 3PO. You see Obi-Wan coming out of his own, like he's all by himself, like, yeah, I'm the great and powerful Jedi Master, I get my own little cargo hold. You, Luke, and Chewbacca, you all can fit in that one there, right? That's cool with you, right? All right. Cool. Well, what, do you, what do you think that being a Jedi Knight has its advantages? <laughs> Man, I just want to see that conversation. I really do. And you three want to go into that cargo hold by yourself. Okay. Yeah. No, it's more like, you don't need to go in this compartment with me. You three need to go together. <laughs> that's all it took. Even though, even though, let's face it, Obi-Wan has to be the biggest jerk in the Star Wars galaxy. He really is. I mean, let's face it. The man tells Luke that another Jedi murdered and betrayed his father, then later tells them, well, what I told you was actually the truth. In a matter of speaking, you know, I'm like, seriously? From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. Yeah. And you can come and tell them to go to the Dagobah system, but you can't tell them, hey, dude, seriously, please stop kissing your sister because we over here are getting disgusted and we already know this. Like, just stop. That, that would be really great if you could just stop kissing your sister in every movie. That would be fantastic. But no, 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 let's just hold off and wait and let him figure it out by himself. No, but that's, it, he has his one redeeming quality because he knows on well. They never would have gotten off of the Death Star if he didn't sacrifice himself. Right. He had to do it. Even though Luke, because Luke would have stayed there and be like, I got to save Obi-Wan. He's all I have left. Nah, dude, I'm dead. Just go, go. And even then, Luke's standing there going, no, I'm going to shoot everybody. Run, Luke, you moron. There's a reason why I did this. Get on the ship. Take your hand, kid. Move along, move along. (laughs) It's like, moron, move it. But it's just funny to see how much Star Wars has impacted so many different people. I mean, here we are, and it's 2015. 
The very first Star Wars movie came out in, 1990, in 1977. We are still talking about it today. We have seen parodies of it from Thumb Wars to Spaceballs. We see small little snippets of it in and in, in everywhere from R2-D2 and 3PO being in Raiders of the Lost Ark to, you know, J.J. Abrams going, I really want to do Star Wars, so I'm going to put R2-D2 in Star Trek. I'm going to put R2-D2 in the second Star Trek movie that I do. I'm going to put a Star Wars poster in Super 8. I'm just going to put Star Wars in every movie I have until somebody goes, hey, would you like to do this movie? Because I really think that's what he was doing, like putting out his calling card. I want to do Star Wars. (laughs) It's just, it's ingrained in the culture. I mean, and not just American culture. It's ingrained in Earth culture now. You know, I mean, people... People, you know, say droid, and it's a phone, you know. And, and think about people, it. People and don't think, think about that droid is Star Wars. It's for Star Wars, you know. But people it's not constantly Star reference somebody going to the dark side. It's a Star Wars reference, you know. Everything leads back to Star Wars, the Star Wars. Is it Star Wars? Nothing but Star Wars. Yeah, you, you get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yes, I I have that. I I when I was when I really got into Star Wars, I this was back in the VHS days. Okay, if y'all for any younger listeners, before there was the great DVD, which turned into Blu-ray, which turned into 3D, and so on and so forth. There's this big old rectangular thing called a VHS tape. And there's this big old box called a VCR. And you could put the VHS tape into the VCR, and then you could press the record button. You could record anything that was coming on your TV. And I got so obsessed with Star Wars Little. I recorded every little Star Wars special, every little Star Wars commercial, every time they talked about the toys, every cartoon from droids to Ewoks. You know, I even recorded the Star Wars Christmas special, which I'm so glad that I have that because... You really can't find it anywhere, and I like to play drinking games as an adult with that show because it's really cool. I just make sure that I'm not drunk until after the really cool Boba Fett cartoon because, let's face it, that's like the highlight of the Star Wars Christmas special is the Boba Fett cartoon. Like, yay, Boba Fett, watching these badass. It's awesome. Now, that is, that is the only highlight from the Star Wars Christmas special. That and when you get somebody so drunk, that they throw up everywhere. That's quite funny. Uh, you're cleaning that up. Happy Life Day. That's yours. Right there. Right there. That's yours. Happy Life Day. There's your life. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I got so... And there's so many things. Like, I'm a nerd. I will admit it to the day that I die. My dad's a half nerd. He is a Trekkie, but not super Trekkie. And he right. knows his movies. But even my dad will say Star Wars like, and let's face it, my mom, she doesn't have a nerd card. I don't even think she knows what a nerd card is. I mean, her idea of playing video games is, I played Asteroids once on an Atari 2000. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> she read her first comic book this year. And, <laughs> and the closest thing I got to nerd from my mom was in 1983 when the television series V came out. That was just an epidemic. It was like, oh, V's coming on in now. We got to go. Like, we have to be home to watch Jane Badler versus Mark Singer end the story. And that was like <laughs> the end of my mom's nerd card. And even she will say Star Wars lines. Like, she even knows that movie. And my mom doesn't know any movie other than, like, Rudolph the Redner's Reindeer and It's a Wonderful Life. Like, that's it. <laughs> Trust me, and that, there's a re. I love It's a Wonderful Life. I really do. It is a great movie. Do not get me wrong, but there's a part of me that hates that movie because my mom will make me watch it like 15 times in one year, and I'm just like, I got it. He wished to be dead. Now he realizes that his life support and the bell rung. Angel got its wings. Can we watch something else like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, please? Please. Want to watch something else? I'll leave a take. The Grinch till Christmas. Let's watch Fahu Foray. Please. Nothing else. <laughs> but she'll say Star Wars lines, and it's amazing. And my mom knows how huge of a Star Wars fan I am. We walked into a Dollar General. I walked in there to get, like, $2 worth of cleaning supplies so I could clean my house. I walked out with a $50 bill. 
They had Star Wars clean, window cleans, and they had the new, they had Star Wars wrapping paper, and they had Star Wars bows, and they had Star Wars name tags, and they had Star Wars ornaments, and they had Star Wars stockings, and Star Wars Christmas hats, and Star Wars happy holiday door hangers, and then I walked out the door, and I went, I said $50. She went, yeah. Ah. She's like, did you get the two items you wanted? Yes, I did. And that would have been how much? About $2.72. And the rest of it, it was all Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you, like got, you, you picked up a few things. If there was no Star Wars, I would have walked out with a $2.72 bill. No, I walked out with a $50, I think it was like $50.56 bill, and I went, yep, that's me. And my mom so did. you drank the dollar store Star Wars Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. But, dude, it's – and what was cool is the Star Wars – like, they have the – you know the window cleans that everybody uses during the holidays. Well, they have these Star Wars ones. But when I looked closer, I was like, oh, I really don't want to buy them just to only have them for the holidays. And then when I looked closely at them, all the snowflakes on it weren't part of any of, like, the designs of the actual cleans. So I got to buy one, and I took all the cleans off, and it's on the one curio cabinet on all the windows that has nothing but Star Wars in the entire Cheerio cabinet. <laughs> I have I have one and a half Cheerio cabinets decor, uh, dedicated to Star Wars and Star Wars alone because that's how many figures I have that are loose out of the box that I had to find yeah. a place for. Because wow. I was one of the kids, I played with my toys. I love playing with my toys. I always have, and I still... I would love to be have the time to where I could be. I have the ideas and I know how to do it. I just don't have the time where I could buy like the really cool big block, the um, plastic cases where I could go get the rocks and the trees and the whole nine yards and build like these really cool like battle scenes with my figures. I just don't have the time. <laughs> like, I hear you. <laughs> well, you know what's, what's funny is talking about you know playing with your toys. I you know I play with all my toys too, but I still have. To this day, both Star Wars black vinyl figure holder boxes and in those boxes in mint condition are all of the Star Wars figures with their weapons. And nice. if you open them up, it's they're just it's like a time capsule because they've been in a box in my in my room for you know, however many years. And it's got the little stickers, you know, you know, for each each one, here's Lobot, and here's uh, Walrus Man, and here's Snaggletooth, and Obi Wan Kenobi, and FX Seven, and and Pretty they're all in there, and they're all just in pristine condition. And every once in a while, I look at them and I go, God, this is insane. But there they are. No, I have to admit, none of my original Star Wars figures are in their pristine condition, except for one. Well, I I bought more than one. You know, I I bought more than one. I bought some to play with, and I bought some to put away. Again, you were nine, and I wasn't even born yet. So in the height of being four years old when Return came out, I was playing with the toys. Right. So the only thing that I still have original from the original 1977, the Star Wars collection, mint condition, still in the box, the box is in really good condition, is the original release of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, wow. Uh, see, I've never had the Millennium Falcon. The toy, the the, the action figure Millennium Falcon. I have several no, I, other smaller Millennium Falcons. No, I have the Millennium Falcon. And I almost opened it, and my dad said, please don't. And I went, is it a collectible? He went, that one's a collectible. And I went, Okay. Because, yes, at four years old, I understood the word collectible. <laughs> I actually that's pretty did discipline for a four-year-old, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty disciplined for a four-year-old. It was okay. I still already had I already had an X-Wing. I already had a, a Y-Wing. Um, I had a TIE Fighter, and I had a Rancor. See, I so. never had a Y-Wing. I, I love the Y-Wing, but I never had – I love, love the A-Wing and the B-Wing. I never – I think I've got an A-Wing. I don't remember. I don't have the A-wing. I'm now, hoping there's I, some I, new I, ships in this in this movie because yeah. all the ships from the, oh, that 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 uh, the other trilogy 
there's no ships in that that I like. There's no new ships in that that I like. So I'm hoping that we get some new cool ships. I haven't seen any in any any version of the trailers, but I'm hoping we get some new ships that are cool. It's not like they're not new. It's just they're like the predated version of what we already have. Yeah, but I want new stuff. Even though I do like what they did with the TIE Fighters, I love that new design on their wings. Yeah, but it's a TIE Fighter. We, we've I got know. those. Give me, give me something new. I know. There, and I'm sure there'll be something new, but still, you have to admit, that is a really cool little tweak to the TIE Fighters. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's a fancy paint job. <laughs> it's a fancy paint job. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I want new ships. I want new cool ships. New cool ships. But at least they did bring back the Millennium Falcon. Yes, minus the the, the, uh, satellite dish. Yeah, but it's still there. Well, I mean, he just hasn't had time to put it back on. No, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just noticed that it wasn't there, and I thought, well, you know, 35 years later, they don't need the dish anymore. They've gone wireless. Of course, it was wireless before, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Lando was like, that was an unneeded accessory. I was just, you know, making it so it could be faster. The, the satellite dish is the reason why you did the capsule run on only 12 parsecs instead of 10. You know, now it's more aerodynamic. Now you, you got to do the capsule run again and watch how much faster this is now. That's yeah, what it see, was. That's what <laughs> it's going to break his own record. That would be awesome. I would love to see that. Of course... I'm, 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 I can't wait to see that scene where Harrison Ford goes, it's all true. Yeah. I want to see that scene. Like, I know I've seen the preview, and, but you know there's more to it, and I really want to see that scene. I really, really, really do. But we have to admit, the star so far, other than Captain Phasma, at this point, has to be that droid, the BB-8. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, everyone yeah. has gone batshit crazy over this thing. I'll admit it, I have to. Like, I think he is, like, the cutest thing ever. I think I've drawn him more times in the past two months than, than, than well, him and Boba Fett, <laughs> than anything well, in the past the two years. The news of Boba Fett still being alive is like, yay! Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's good well. news. You know, every, 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 every little fan, boy and girl, who always went, nah, 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 it's Boba Fett. He's still the baddest of the bounty hunters. He's still the baddest of the bounty hunters. They all squeed a little bit when Disney went, nah, he's cool, he's alive. Yay! <laughs> is he going to go after Solo again? Yeah, oh, that good. made me very I'm happy. Happens well now that he can see again. But it is going to be very interesting, and I'm so excited for this movie. And I think one of the great things, and you and I, I hope that you agree, is the fact that they went back to the way that it was. Even though when he's been, um, J.J. Abrams has been interviewed, he has mentioned the fact that, you know, there is some CGI. I mean, in today's day and age, it's really hard to do a movie without it, let's face it. But right. the fact that there, it's not all blue screen in the background. He went and he had sets and they went on location. He, the droid is an actual droid. It actually does move like that. If that is not a CGI droid, you know, he went back to doing the puppetry. Because let's face it, Yoda from the prequels versus Yoda from Empire Return of the Jedi. I, there will always be this one scene. I cannot stand it. Uh, Obi-Wan in the prequels is walking alongside of Yoda floating and you can see that Obi-Wan's not really looking at Yoda. There's never that problem in Empire or Return. He's there. He's physically there. He beats the crap out of R2 in Empire. No, mine, mine, mine. I mean, he's physically there. There's no, where's the dot that I'm supposed to look at? And that's, right. and when I listened to J.J. Abrams' interview, and he was like, there was something about the fact that he was there and you knew Yoda was real, that just was what it, I can't even remember the words he said, but the way that it made him feel, he wanted to make sure that his kids and generations from kids now who watch these new Star Wars feel the same, the way he did the first time he saw Yoda and knew Yoda was real. And let's face it, yeah. Yoda's real. For the longest yeah. time, I did not realize he was a puppet. I really didn't. I'm like, how the hell did they get that person in that kind of makeup? 
Yeah. And how short is that person? Like, he's shorter than an Ewok. Yeah, that's the, the, it was one of the first tidbits of information that came out was that he was going to be going back to a lot of the traditional FX techniques. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, oh, that's, that's good news. That's good news because that was another one of the problems that I had with the prequels is they're all so pristine and pretty. And oh, yeah. to me, Star, Star Wars, and, and Lucas has even said this, Star Wars is a used-up galaxy. And it didn't, and I understand that it's 30 years before Star Wars and things were, you know, not so beat up and used, but everything, I don't know, it was just too pristine, and I just didn't like it. Yeah, I have to agree. But it is 8 o'clock. See what happens when we talk about Star Wars? Time Time flies. So, Ronnie, I want to thank you so much for joining me on reminiscing about some of our favorite moments, toys. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Try not to be a stranger for too long. <laughs> no, no, but definitely not. Definitely not. And, of course, as always, please tell people where they can find you online and your work. They can find me at The Art of Rodney Fike on Facebook, and they can find me at Rodney Fike on Facebook. That's F-Y-K-E. They can find me on Instagram, at Rodney Fike at Instagram. Uh, I have a Deviant Art page, Rodney Fike at Deviant Art, and... Twitter, Twitter, I think. Yeah, Twitter, but I don't know the handle. Um, it's at Rodney Fight. It, it's at what? At, at Rodney Fight. Yeah. <laughs> so we're out there. We're, we're out there living a dream and making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And, of course, everybody remember AGP is brought to you by some amazing sponsors. Has in Productions. Woo-woo, Rodney. <laughs> uh, Scott Comics. Of course, Gem City Comic Con, which will be coming at you on April 2nd and 3rd in 2016. And Mr. Yeah. Mark, well, the comic creator from Images 68. And, of course, everybody, normally I would say may the force be with you, but I want to finish again with the same thing that I opened with. Let's go over to Multi-Ashley Spaceport. It's the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. Dude, let's go party. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>